So what we're going to talk about is the title of God, the Most High, or the Highest. Um, he's described as high. And what can we learn about God through, through this name of his? So uh, I looked up all the places in the Bible that this name is used of God. And I, I looked at all of the things that the Bible had to say about God uh, in these passages and kind of grouped them together and looked at what, what is the Bible telling us? What can we learn from this? And um, it was, to me, I, I went through this actually several years ago for a, a, a school project, uh, but it was a real blessing to me. So I hope, you know, if you can stay with it, uh, it'll be a real blessing to you. If not, um, come up to me after class and I'll give you your money back for, for what you paid to attend here. Um, what is highness? This is from Webster's Dictionary. The quality or state of being high, height or loftiness, or used as a title for a person of exalted rank such as a king or prince. Um, and what's important about a name? Uh, here's a quote from Dr. Ken Hemphill, who was the president of uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary a few years back. He said, names are important. They are a means of self-revelation. They tell people something fundamental about us. What's more, the names people use to address us reveal something about the nature of their connection to us. When we meet someone, one of the first pieces of information we desire is that person's name. The disclosure of the name is the prelude for building a relationship. Throughout the Old Testament, God, God reveals his... Sorry about that. God reveals... Uh, himself to his chosen people through various names or titles. Both those that he gave to himself and those that his servants were inspired to ascribe to him or to place where he appeared to them. These names served to identify and describe God, but they also exhorted God's people to holy living, gave them hope, reminded them of their heritage, and challenged them to continue their pilgrimage of faith. The names of God are one way in which God speaks to us today. Studying them unlocks for us a fuller understanding of God's multifaceted character and offers us insight into his divine expectations. They are an invitation for us to know intimately and fully the God of creation and redemption. Okay, so good thoughts about why study his name. There are so many names and I wish I could study all in this depth. Uh, maybe I'll get to continue, but um, there is importance in it. So if God is the most high, uh, what would be regular high, right? What is, uh, what is just something that's high? Uh, what, what are the things that God is higher than? The main, one of the main uses for, for highness is uh, to describe kings. In Psalm 89, the psalmist, uh, speaking for God, says, I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him. And the verses that follow describe how uh, God will establish him, David will be strong, the enemy won't pose a danger, and uh, God will be faithful and merciful with him. And then the psalmist says, I will make him higher than the kings of the earth. So if God says he'll make David higher than the kings of the earth, then what does that say about all the other kings? That he also considers them high, right? That was a name he would, he would ascribe to them. 
Uh, it's not just biblical kings that are considered high. We have uh, examples from, from history, all throughout history. Uh, Tiglath-Pileser, who was king of Assyria, um, he claimed a lot of the same blessings and things that David claimed in the psalm we just read, but he ascribed it to pagan gods. Uh, he uses words like, um, he's talking about himself and the, how the pagan gods have blessed him, you know, who the, you set the exalted crown, you grandly established, uh, made him sovereign. So uh, he doesn't use the word high, but he, he's putting that picture forth there. Uh, and if he didn't use the word high, uh, King James's translators uh, didn't, didn't make that omission. If you have a full King James Bible, it'll have in the beginning, it's called the Epistle Dedicatory, a dedication the translators made to King James I, and it starts off in all capitals, to the Most High and Mighty Prince James. And then um, all through it, they, they call him Your Highness. You've heard this, right? Uh, in any fairy tale or story of an old king, Your Highness, right? Okay. Um, besides monarchs, other officials are considered high, from the Roman Emperor all the way down through the ranks. They're considered high. Um, in Mark 6, we, we have a record of Herod's captains. He, he said he made a birthday supper to his lords and his high captains. Um, another thing that's called high is nations. So the Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people and to make thee high above all nations which he hath made. So he said, I'm going to set Israel higher than all other nations. And again, just like with David, if, he's, if they're higher than all other nations, then they must have some highness, if you will, um, on their own, right? So nations can be considered high. Holy places. Uh, places can be considered high, usually ones that are set aside for worship or sacrifice. There were a lot of pagan high places. You've, you read about these all through the Bible, right? Um, when Israel entered Canaan, God told them to utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess, serve their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills. Okay, so these were high places where... Uh, Balaam, you remember Balaam and the donkey, and he was, uh, he was a uh, prophet of sorts. Um, when he was talking to Balaam, giving him an answer, and describing himself, um, he talks about the high places of Baal. The high places shall be desolate. This is in Ezekiel. Uh, he prophesies that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate, and your idols may be broken. So um, places are considered high. Pagan deities are considered high. Oh, about high places. It's not just um, pagan places. Uh, there's also references to the temple being high, uh, the temple of God, uh, to heaven being high, where God, you know, God's abode, if you will. Uh, so all, there are other high places. Um, Pagan deities. Again, these are examples of highness other than referring to God. So we're going to say the, the pagan ones. We have, oops, we have records of the, this Greek word for the most high. Uh, if I'm saying it correctly, I don't speak Greek, but hypsistos. It's used uh, in, in a lot of documents and records we have for, for pagan gods. Zeus was his title was Zeus Hypsistos, Zeus Most High. Okay, so even um, there are some commentators, and I haven't studied this out. I'm not saying this, this is right or not, but people that should know, I, I've read, 
Um, in Mark 7, there was a demon-possessed man. He, he spoke to Jesus and said, Son of the Most High. Uh, some people think that the demon-possessed man would not have understood this in a, a, a Christian way, if you will. He would have understood it in a pagan way, and it would have been like saying, Jesus, son of Zeus. Okay, he was like, in his pagan thinking, he was recognizing that Jesus was powerful, but he didn't understand why. I don't know, you know how accurate that is, but um, pagan deities are considered high. So these are all things that God is higher than, and now we'll get that behind us, and we're going to look at what the Bible says about God and when he is called high or most high. The thing that we see most often when we look up the references to him being the most high is his omnipotence, his being all-powerful. Um, in fact, almost every time that that title is used for God, we see a demonstration of his power. In Psalm 18, 6 through 5, 6 through 15, I'm going to read uh, some of that. It's too much to put on the screen. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken, because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth, uh, devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest, that's where it gives him this title, the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of water were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at, the, at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. So it's just full, right? Every image in there is powerful. Uh, he can do anything. Well, let's, let's look at what he can do. He has power over all nature. Power to do what nobody else can do. Power to do supernatural things. And in other uh, scriptures, we see that he has power to establish a city, cause a virgin to conceive, divide the earth into the nations however he wants to, assert his sovereignty into the affairs of men. He can, he can control anything that happens on earth with man. And he can provide complete protection from danger. These are all things, there are a ton more references, uh, but these are things where it says the highest the Most High can do these things, okay? It's all, it's all tied in with his title. Lucifer had a reputation for power and strength, it tells us in Isaiah 14, and he wanted to be like the Most High. That's what the Bible tells us. And yet, God, he wouldn't tolerate this. He, you know, and he was, it was no match. It wasn't a contest, right? It, there wasn't some big struggle and God barely won out. God had complete control. Okay, so Lucifer was powerful compared to God, not at all, right? Because God is the most high. The highest is most powerful and all-powerful. Okay. Uh, omnipotence, you, you understand the word. Omni is all or everything. Potence, potency is power. He's all-powerful. Another word for that in English is almighty. So when you see almighty, it's also the same as omnipotence in the Bible. 
Um, so back to the prophet Balaam, I started to mention this earlier, when he was talking to Balak about himself, uh, this is what I was thinking of when I said it earlier. He has said, which heard the words of God, he's talking about himself to, to, to Balaam, and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty. So he's equating Most High with Almighty, right? It's God's omnipotence here. And Psalm 91, you might be familiar with it. Uh, this is one the kids prayed over me every day when I, when I had COVID. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the Most High is the Almighty. And so all those high earthly things, the pagan things that we, we looked at earlier, kings, um, God said David was a king higher than all the kings of the earth, but who was in control of David's life? Right? David had to answer to God, right? So God was higher than the highest king. Um, we already talked about how he rules over nations, um, the high places, and the high pagan deities. We saw how he, he tore those down. They couldn't stand uh, in his presence. He said, I will, in Leviticus 26, 30, I will destroy your high places and cut down your images and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols. Um, Micah 1.3, he said, For behold, the Lord comes forth out of his place and will come down, because he was high, right? He has to come down. Um, come down and tread upon the high places of the earth, and the mountains shall be molten under him, and the valleys shall be cleft as wax before the fire. And he, he goes on uh, with how he's more powerful than the high places. So we look at kings, nations, uh, False gods in their high places, they might be considered high, but God the Almighty is the most high. Okay, so the first attribute was God's omnipotence. When we look at other passages where he's called the most high, we see his justice. Now, remember, I, I didn't like come up with the list. I didn't start with what is it, you know, omniscience, omnipresence, all you know, the you hear attributes of God and say, I'm gonna try to find it. I just took the verses. And this is what came out of it. Uh, so God's justice. Um, so I, I had a textbook when I was taking classes at Liberty, a theology textbook by somebody named Millard Erickson. And um, there was a quote from him. He said, not only does God himself act in conformity with his law, but he requires that others conform to the law. And he gives some references and said these passages all indicate that God will punish sin, for sin intrinsically deserves to be punished. It disrupts the very structure of the divine spiritual economy, and this disruption or imbalance must necessarily be set right. So God, by his very nature, must punish sin. There's a, a justice that, you know, the universe that God demands. That's just his order. Uh, one of the best illustrations of God's title of highest being related to his justice is again in Psalm 18. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. So why was he showing his power? Back in verse 7, it tells us that he was wroth. He was angry with them. Okay, that's why the earth shimble, uh, trembled and shook. Uh, we'll learn some new words today, too. Uh, in Leviticus 26.30, he says, you know, 
Yes. I'll, I'll move on. Uh, so the Psalms are full of passages talking about the Most High serving as a judge. Um, another one here, I, I'm going to move on for time. He'll, he's prepared his throne for judgment. He'll, he'll judge the world. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Um, offer unto God thanksgiving. Pay vows unto the Most High. But under the wicked, God says, I will reprove you and tear you in pieces. You see Most High in all these. Um, the next thing that shows up in these Most High verses is God's omniscience. Right, The word for all-knowing. He knows everything. He, kn he sees everything. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, God said, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Back to the story of Balaam, it says, he knew the knowledge of the Most High in Psalm 73. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Because God knew things that nobody should be able to know because he can see it all. He, there's nothing hidden from him. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. So no one can hide from the Most High. Yeah, another, I guess one more verse on that. Oh, yeah. This is, this is one of the most unique verses about Most High in all the Bible. Every other verse in the Bible that refers to God in this way and with the same Greek words and, and Hebrew words and all that uses the word high, higher, highest, or most high. This is the one place in the Bible that he's called higher than the highest. He says, If thou seest the oppression of the poor and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. In other words, higher than those evil people that are perverting justice. Um... So, you know, if it looks like sin is just running rampant, maybe you, you've listened to the news in the last uh, year or two, and, and you just think the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Um, you know, it's easy to get worried about that. Don't forget, God is in control. He, he says right here in Ecclesiastes, he's higher than the highest. You know, the... the U.S. government or Congress or deep state or the Russian government or you, nobody on this planet is higher than God. It's all in perfect control. Uh, he knows it all. It's not unseen. Um, and there, there is the justice that we already talked about. So do, do your part and, and don't sweat it. God's got it. Just, just stick with him. Uh, notice also this verse it doesn't just talk about his omniscience, that he knows everything. It talks about his power and his justice, right? He's, gonna, he's going to judge things, and he's perfectly capable of doing it. Okay, uh, the, last, the last attribute that showed up very prominently in, in these passages is God's mercy. In Psalm 21, which we've already looked at with uh, all of the other attributes... It says, um, it says clearly that the Most High is merciful. For the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. So Jesus talks more about this. Everything we've looked at so far, I think, has been in the Old Testament. Um, but Jesus talks about what it means to be merciful. 
And he, he uses the term the highest. This was one of the, the passages uh, for, for this title of God. He says that the highest is merciful, and to be merciful like the highest is merciful, uh, we need to obey the instructions that he gives us in this passage in Luke 6. Uh, I'm not going to put the whole thing on the screen. Luke 6, 27 through 36. Try to pay attention and hear what Jesus is saying to us, okay? Get his message and his instructions. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smites you on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that takes away your cloak, forbid not to take your coat also. Give to every man that asks of you, and of him that takes away your goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. For if you love them that love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children, here's his title, you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Okay, so let's, let's tie it all together. Um, like I said, most of these passages were in the Old Testament. Jesus referred to God as the highest in what we just read in Luke there. Um, but it's in the New Testament. Remember that, that, that uh, attribute of omniscience, it means all, almighty. It's in the New Testament that we learn that the Almighty is none other than Jesus Christ. In Revelation 1, verses 5 and 8, it says, And from Jesus Christ, so we know this is talking about him, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So the Almighty is Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think you have a blank there. So let's, let's look back over real quick those four attributes that the Bible tells us uh, about God when it calls him the Most High. God's omniscience <clears throat> means that God knows about our sin, right? His justice means that he desires to punish our sin. And his omnipotence means that he's perfectly capable of carrying out that judgment against us. And if you just stop here... Oh my goodness, how scary is that, right? He is the most high. There's no escaping him. There's no hiding from him. But thanks to God, he also shows us through, through his name, the most high, about his mercy. He provided a way for us to avoid the punishment that we deserve. And I don't know, it just seems like words on a screen if you go through it quick, but let it sink in. Take your notes. Think about it. This, this is just amazing. If you search out his title, this is, this is, this is what comes out of it. Um, so the conclusion of everything, within the title Most High, we find God's loving plan for redeeming fallen humanity, and that plan is realized in the Almighty, Jesus Christ. Okay? 
And I put the verse there, Alleluia, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Okay, I made it before the bell rang. Any, any questions or comments or thoughts about any of this? There was a lot of stuff quickly. I'm sorry we had to compress it for my, my technology problem, but any, any thoughts about anything? Any, Want to add something?